In April, the news broke that the Canadian federal government had enticed Volkswagen AG to build its first battery plant outside Europe in St. Thomas, Ontario, just a few hours from Detroit, Michigan. But it had done this by offering a package of subsidies that will help offset the cost of building this facility, plus ongoing production tax credits for every vehicle manufactured there, all of which may total up to $13 billion at the end of a decade. I'm Gabe Friedman, and this week on Down to Business, I spoke to Greg Mordew, chair in advanced manufacturing policy at McMaster University and formerly the general manager of Toyota Motor Manufacturing Canada, where he worked on strategy and external affairs. We discussed what to make of the VW announcement. On the one hand, it's a coup for Canada's auto sector. It's the first new automaker to invest in manufacturing operations here, basically since the 1980s. And VW is a prestigious company that has competed to be the world's largest automaker. But Mordu is skeptical that this will be a smart investment because he thinks it's too much money. He explains his reasons why. It's just one opinion, and I'll continue to explore Canadian industrial policy in future episodes. As always, this interview was edited for clarity and brevity. Greg, thank you so much for coming on Down to Business to talk to me today. Oh, happy to be here. Always happy to talk about industrial policy. (laughs) Nobody else is. (laughs) I, I feel like there's tons to talk about these days. Last week, we learned that the government had offered this deal to attract VW to Canada. That could mean the government pays up to $13 billion over the next decade to help them offset the cost of building a battery plant in St. Thomas, Ontario, to help offset the cost of operating said battery plant. Even before this number came out, you said you were skeptical about the benefits of such subsidies. Maybe it makes sense for you to begin by laying out your position. Well, not long after the first announcement was made that said Volkswagen is coming to St. Thomas, but before the announcement a week or so ago, when they said how much it was going to cost to get Volkswagen to come to St. Thomas, I had indicated that I thought this was going to cost at least $10 billion. And at the time, lots of knowledgeable people said, that doesn't make any sense at all. You're talking about $10 billion or more for a plant that's worth 5 or $7 billion. And I said, yep, that's illogical. But that's what we're dealing with insofar as the inflation, the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act is concerned. And if Canada is going to compete for these kinds of plants, we're going to have to pony up with U.S.-style incentives. Now, the question is, do we get U.S.-style benefits for our U.S.-style cost? And that's what the main issue is going to have to be going forward. Do we get U.S.-style benefits? And I want to get into what the benefits will be, but our industry minister, Francois-Philippe Champagne, said to me, Canada has had an auto sector for years. It's a huge part of our economy, maybe 500,000 jobs directly and indirectly, second biggest export. And for years now, it's been automakers fleeing Canada, going to Mexico or the U.S. South or places where you don't have to pay your workers as much. And he said the deals that we're striking with automakers to build their EV plants in Canada are about stabilizing this industry. Isn't that very important? Well, there's just about no automotive manufacturing industry anywhere on this planet that hasn't been developed or propped up or supported or the seeds of which did not come from government industrial policy. And Canada is absolutely no exception. You can go back to 1904 when Henry Ford looked across the Detroit River and said, I want to sell cars in Canada, but I got to make cars in Canada to avoid that punishing tariff that was in in place at the time, 35%. 
Since then, we've gone up and down with tariffs. We've instituted the Automotive Pact in 1965 that fundamentally changed the nature of the industry in Canada and stabilized it. We had Ed Lumley come in as a liberal uh, industry minister in the early 1980s and institute a whole range of industrial policy measures. Carrots, like uh, incentives of the nature we're talking, not anywhere near in terms of the, the scale, but incentives at that point in time and sticks, a whole series of tariffs and threats about you won't sell your cars in Canada if you don't make them in Canada. And since then, we've had this industry that has, has floated along and done reasonably well. But over the last 20 years, with the rise of low-cost places like Mexico in the North American context, Central and Eastern Europe in, in, in that location, We've had these low-cost places that have shown themselves to be very good at making cars. And as a result, in Canada, we've witnessed the decline of our industry from th- production of 3 million a year as recently as 2000 to 2.4 million a decade ago to 1.2 million last year. So if the goal of Minister Champagne is to stabilize the industry, this will help. And then we can have a discussion, will it help enough? And it would pay too much for that help. So what I hear you saying is on some level, industrial policy, it may be coming back into favor, but it's not exactly new. We've always had it. And so the question is, have we paid too much? I mean, that seems like a question that's really difficult to answer. And it kind of depends on what parameters you set around that, like what you see the benefits as, how long you're measuring the benefits as. It's not like we're giving $13 billion in a lump sum to VW. This is an estimate of what we might give them over 10 years and probably is not going to be correct, right? Honestly, if you're the industrial policy practitioner or your Volkswagen, you want that $13 billion to go out the door because that says Volkswagen came, they ramped up quickly, they ramped up on schedule, and they made their production targets to the full capabilities that they said that they would. As a taxpayer, you have to say, oh, $13 billion, maybe I would have liked them to have been a little less successful. But we'll work that as as the years go by. I want to pause for a second. It's fair to say, I think, that the last few decades since NAFTA, it's kind of been anathema for governments to intervene with markets by doing things like what the U.S. is doing now, what Europe is doing, providing incentives for manufacturers to be based here. But a lot of this seems to be driven by the fact that China has had a really successful run in intervening with markets, and it's built up an incredible economy really quickly by not just saying, like, let the markets take care of it, no? Well, this is the thing. I mean, this is going to be interesting to see how this shakes out and whether or not it's successful. As you said at the out, you can put me in the skeptical camp because what we've essentially done with our incentive for Volkswagen is say we will mimic the U.S. Inflation Reduction Act formula. The reality, though, and the challenge is that the U.S. industry is fundamentally different than the Canadian industry. The U.S. industry is built up of companies like Stellantis and GM and Ford and Tesla, whose headquarters are located there. And headquarters in the automotive industry are critically important, and not just any headquarters, but the headquarters of the big automakers. It's headquarters is where, or proximate to headquarters, so geography becomes very important. Headquarters is where all R&D happens. It's where most of the sales and marketing and distribution uh, um, decisions are made. It's where design is located. There are thousands of people there. 
And it's not just important for those knowledge-intensive, high-value projects. It's also critical to the big suppliers as well. Most of the big suppliers are is not done at the headquarters of the big supplier companies in places like Newmarket, where Magna is, or Guelph, Ontario, where Linamar is located. But those companies, most of their R&D happens proximate to their big automaker customers. So the industry in Canada doesn't have the headquarters of a big automaker to anchor it and support it. And so we don't get the benefits of a of when we spend $13 billion on a battery plant, we're guaranteed a battery plant. When the U.S. spends $13 million on a battery plant, they're supporting a whole value chain of high value, knowledge intensive activities that we just don't get in Canada because of the nature of our industry. And it's been that way since 1918 when Sam McLaughlin sold his, his uh, car making company to uh, General Motors. You're saying we don't have a Canadian headquartered auto company, so we should not be picking the auto sector as a place to focus our industrial policy government investment. Well, we can pick the auto sector, but we just have to understand that our industry is different and we're not going to get the same benefits that the U.S. might expect. We're going to pay the same price. There's no question that Volkswagen plant did not locate itself in St. Thomas, Ontario, because they just felt that was a nice place. They had lots of other choices, and those other choices were in the U.S., where they might have had access to similar levels of incentivization through the, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Now we're going to pause a minute for a short break. The way that this government has described what they're doing is almost like a branding exercise for Canada. You know, we have one of the cleanest electrical goods in the world, We're way ahead of the U.S. in that regard. And as countries, including Canada, assign a price to carbon, that's shifting the equation a little for companies when they think about where they want to invest, because it's not just labor costs, but there's going to be this new cost of carbon. And if Canada can make itself attractive as a place to invest now, this could have a lot of benefits, no? It could have all kinds of benefits, but like what I'm saying is it won't have the same degree of benefits that were anticipated. And this announcement was made a week ago. I mean, there was lots of discussion because of the the sheer breathtaking scope of a $13 billion announcement. But our ministers made it very clear that Canada sold three aspects to this, to Volkswagen. They sold access to critical minerals. They sold access to clean energy. They sold access to high-quality people. And I don't disagree with any of those aspects, but the reality is most of the battery plants that have been built in the U.S. and most of the battery plants in North America have been built in the U.S. have been built in locations where a lot of that energy comes from coal and natural gas. So Volkswagen can nod knowingly and say, yes, we like clean energy, but I'm not absolutely convinced that that was important to them. It was important sales message by our ministers. They also sold very hard on the quality of our people. I mean, I'm in the business of educating people. I know we have good quality people, but I also know that companies like Volkswagen and all of the automakers pay a premium. And so they're going to get good people regardless of whether they were in southwestern Ontario, Michigan, or Kentucky, or Tennessee, or Nevada. They're going to get good people because they're going to pay that premium. 
The third thing around critical minerals is we have critical minerals, and there's no question of that, and that's going to be very important going forward as we move into the electrification of mobility. I mean, it's going to be hard to get that stuff out of the ground logistically and politically, but we're going to get there. But we're, we're going to get that business anyways because we've got those minerals. So we'd get that business whether or not plant was in the U.S. or Canada. It's good that it's in Canada, but we'd get that business regardless. I think I hear what you're saying, but I think there's a question here that that doesn't that seems to be on the table that we're not addressing, which is the cons- the prevailing consensus has changed about whether government should intervene to attract things like manufacturing. Because during the pandemic, we saw what happened if you don't have manufacturing, right? Like we didn't have any vaccines being manufactured here. We don't have semiconductor chips being manufactured here. And that sort of supply chain breakdown has caused government leaders to rethink the value of having these manufacturing plants inside Canada. And so it's hard to assign a value onto that. But when we talk about EVs and getting these EV jobs here, the question uh, that I want to ask you is, if not EVs, then what? What should we be investing in to get here? Where would this money be better directed? That's always the, uh, the question. I mean, that's what policymakers are in the business for is finding the next best thing to invest <laughs> funds in. And so I'm not disputing that there will be ancillary benefits beyond the 3,000 jobs in, in St. Thomas. But here's maybe the next best thing. And it might not be, and I'm not advocating it to, to say this is what we should have done. I'm just telling you, this is what other places are doing or something we might have contemplated. Because we're going to be, we're $13 billion into this for at least, or we want to be for Volkswagen. We're going to be negotiating the LG Stellantis battery plant that we thought we got in and out of for a billion dollars last year. But that $5 billion plant is going to end up costing us $7 billion as well, because they're going to renegotiate that deal. So now we're into this for $20 billion. And then there may be another battery plant out there that, that's going to expect that's going to be interested in, in locating in Canada that may locate itself in Canada. Now there's another $10 billion. We've spent $30 billion. Just for context, for $30 billion, we probably could have established our own automaking EV company. That's what Turkey's doing with the company TOG. They're building a plant. Their plans are to make $175,000 a year. They're already uh, taking orders. They're going to start building those uh, vehicles this year. And they think that they're going to benefit because they're going to do the batteries there. They're going to do the assembly plants there. They're going to build up their own uh, supplier base. They're going to have the marketing and the distribution functions there. They're going to do all of these things. And hopefully they'll, for them, they'll be successful. So that's one alternative. And they're going to do that for somewhere between 10 and $15 billion. So that's an option. It's an option. It's hard, though. It's hard. I mean, I mean, the Automotive Parts Manufacturers Association spent almost three years building a prototype. It's a big job for an industry association. It's a big job for any anybody. But now, if they wanted to build that, they'd have to build a plant. They'd have to find hundreds of suppliers. They'd have to build up a distribution system. And then they'd have to feed this uh, new puppy that they bought in another year with a new product and keep doing this for the forever. And that's what, that's what Turkey has signed. That's what Saudi Arabia is trying to do. That's what Poland is trying to do. So that's one option. Not saying it's a good one. Let's be honest. That's politically probably a step much further than what they're doing. Oh, it's a huge, it's a huge leap. And I'm not suggesting they're going to be successful because as, as I said, Turkey's into this right now for 10 or $15 billion. And no one's heard of TOG <laughs> in, in Canada. So this is hard. Here's another option. Just to give you some context for how much we've spent, we seem to be happy 
to give Volkswagen 13 or 15 billion dollars. Volkswagen's total market cap is about 80 billion dollars. So we've given them about 10 or 15% of the total market value of that company. We haven't given it to them yet, and it's over a decade, right? Yeah, I know, (laughs) but we want to, and we're not getting any shares. We're not going to be able to influence headquarter decisions to get those kinds of benefits that are inherently located next to headquarters. We don't have anybody on the board, but we've got a battery. That's what we've got. That's what we've got. That's what we paid for. That's what we knew we were getting. Some other people would say, actually, this is really just like a political reversal, because in years past, if you talk to environmental advocates, they will come to you and say, look how much we've subsidized the Canadian oil industry. And they'll show you Export Development Canada has given below market or no interest loans, all sorts of different ways that our oil industry has received support from our government. And so isn't this just sort of a shifting in priorities in some way? You know, listening to myself, I feel myself becoming the anti-industrial policy incentive person. I don't mean to do that. I mean, frankly, I built a lot of my careers that was spent doing government relations and and supporting for an auto company and negotiating incentive packages. My point is merely the incentive packages that I negotiated for assembly plants were a small, tiny fraction of what we're paying for a battery plant. So battery plant is important, but it's no more important than assembly plant. The assembly plant in Woodstock, Ontario, that was built between 2005 and came on stream in 2008 or so, was done with incentives of $200 million. <laughs> that's, that's the difference. And it, there's 2,500 people working there. There's steel coming into that facility. There are seats coming into that facility that are made locally. There's stamping that happens in that facility, paint. All of the hundreds of parts that go into that car, a lot of them are happening in Canada. And that was secured with $200 million of Canada, Ontario investment. We're getting a similar number of jobs in St. Thomas, Ontario for $13 billion. So I'm not against incentives. I just question whether the, the value is there. And I know that if, and I fully recognize that if we didn't spend $13 billion on St. Thomas, There would not be a battery plant in St. Thomas in 2027 when it comes online. My question is, is it worth the $13 billion? What is the next best thing we could have done, whether it's for the auto industry or on the supply side or the demand side or whatever? There may be a better solution, but we became very fixated on getting a battery plant and getting it online as quickly as we can and getting more. Yeah, if I take it right. As taxpayers, we need to be thinking really carefully about, you know, how we spend our money to get the maximum value from it. Well, we announced this in March and we said we can't let you know how much we're spending. And now we know. And now it's time to have a conversation about it. But it's getting kind of late because we committed $13 billion. We're probably going to commit another, you know, $7 billion or so, give or take, to LG Stellantis. And who knows what else is out there. It's a lot of money. So there needs to be some more transparency around this, I think, is one takeaway. I think so. Greg, I thank you so much for coming on Down to Business to talk to me about this. I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts. It's an important topic. We'll be talking about it some more. Thank you. Thank you. That was Greg Mordew, Chair in Advanced Manufacturing Policy at McMaster University. Thank you for listening to this episode. It was executive produced by Bryce Hall, who composed and performed the original music on the show and designed the logo. Pamela Heaven, Victoria Wells, and Noella Ovid provided web support and editing. 
I'm Gabe Friedman, and I'll return with more episodes. Until then, you can find more news at financialpost.com.